Father, as we come now to the preaching of your word, I hunger for your power, and I hunger for wisdom as I preach the message tonight. I pray that each of us would understand that every Bible truth is important, and there is something in this truth that will help each of us, and no matter our age or stage of life, and I pray that you'd help us to listen with intent, uh, Lord, to learn and to apply to our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm preaching tonight on the subject very simply, uh, the need for God's wisdom. All week while thinking about tonight's sermon, and uh, life is sermon preparation. I'm often asked, when do you prepare for sermons? Uh, life is sermon preparation. It's always uh, on my mind and on my heart and all week long as I thought about uh, the message for Sunday night, I thought about the need for God's wisdom. As I taught the young men in my class at Commonwealth Baptist College on Thursday morning and then I preached in the chapel service on Thursday I thought about the need for God's wisdom. I'm thankful for what they learn in class. I'm thankful for what they learn in their reading and their studying. But more than that, we are in need of God's wisdom. As I read the news and the various stories that have unfolded from the socialist spending bill that was passed in Washington uh, to the comments about our judicial system. I thought America is in need of God's wisdom. As I counseled with several young couples preparing uh, to get married uh, here next month, uh, I thought of the need for God's wisdom. As I prayed for many, many folks this week and the needs uh, that we have and uh, through the prayer list, I thought of how much we need God's wisdom. As I spent time working on the building program, just looking at the work, uh, going through the list and work of the contractors, of the finances, and the financial needs of the building, uh, I have thought so many times how much we need God's wisdom. As I begin, as we come to the close of November and I begin preparation for the end of year activities that I go through every year, uh, looking at our church budget for the new year, uh, looking at our schedule for the new year, goals, uh, themes, uh, emphasis, uh, the various ministries of our church, our Christian school and college, our camp, uh, the uh, Christian Growth Magazine, and all that we are involved in, I thought how much we need God's wisdom. Each of us face decisions every day. Each of us are busy in our work responsibilities or school responsibilities. And tonight, I want to remind us, if we're not careful, we get so busy, uh, we'll spend more time in frustration than we will praying for God's wisdom. If you're not careful, life becomes confusing. I believe it was Charlie Brown's sister that said, I think I've discovered the secret to life. You just hang around till you get used to it. <laughs> One person described life like steering a loaded cart in a grocery store 
that has one bad wheel. Sometimes you feel ridiculous. Sometimes you look ridiculous. Sometimes all you can do is just push it generally in the right direction. Sometimes life seems that way. As God's children, we have an option that's not available to everyone, but it is to God's children. Now I want to say tonight, please hear this statement. We need God's wisdom, and I'm glad it is available. Hold your place in Proverbs chapter 9 as we'll come back to an outline of that. I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book of James. The book of James in chapter 1. As I think of our deacons, I think of our staff and their responsibilities, our Sunday school teachers, our bus workers, I think of parents, and I think of grandparents, and I think of our college students. I think, uh, according to verse number 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him." Aren't you glad for that very plain promise of God? You can have God's wisdom. God's wisdom is not just for spiritual work. It's for your business work tomorrow. It is for your financial decisions this week. It is for decisions of purchase and decisions of places to go and what to do. God's wisdom is available. Look at James chapter 3, if you will, in verse number 7. I wrote down the wrong verse here, 17. Verse 17, uh, James 3, 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now that is a contrast to the wisdom of men the wisdom of men, they often give advice based on how they feel or how they want or what they want you to do. God's wisdom is pure. As I preach this morning, I'm thankful for the beauty of His holiness. His wisdom is perfect. And I'm thankful tonight that God's wisdom is available. Proverbs chapter 9, there's a very simple outline that I want to call to your attention and I want to say tonight, if you young couples that are preparing to get married, if you don't have on the top of your list, God give me your wisdom, you ought to take your pencil tonight and you ought to write it down because you're not wise enough to make your own decisions. If you tonight are a senior in high school or in college and you don't have wisdom on the top of your prayer list, you ought to take your pencil tonight and you ought to write it down because you don't have to live in your own education, experience, and wisdom. You can have the wisdom of God. If those of you who are teaching classes, whether it be grade school or high school, whether it be college or whether it would be a bus rider's Sunday school class, if you're not asking God for his wisdom, you ought to write down on your prayer list, Lord, I need your wisdom. The Bible tells us in this passage of Scripture four different things I'll call your attention to. First of all, there are two calls in life. There are two calls, two things that are working to get our attention. One is the call of wisdom. 
The other is the call of wickedness. Have you not seen the call of wickedness this week? Have you not seen that the liquor uh, companies have advertised their wickedness for a good time this week? And don't you know that path of wickedness leads uh, to destruction? I want to say tonight, with the call of witness uh, of wickedness being so bright and so loud, I want to say tonight, there is another call going out, and that is the call for wisdom. God wants us to have His wisdom. The Bible illustrates wisdom's house or wisdom as having a strong house. It's held up by seven pillars. And this speaks of size and it speaks of stability. Now wisdom's house is away from the path of normal activity that you see in verse number 3. Wisdom sends out her servants to call people to come to the house of wisdom. Wisdom seeks them where they live and invites them to come to her place for a better life. Now I want to point out the mentions of the word wine here. And this goes without saying, but I'll just state it. It's not talking about a fermented drink that will make you drunk. It's talking about the preparation or the mixture. It's talking about the wisdom that God has prepared for us. I don't know about you, but if Solomon asked for the wisdom of God and he gave it to him, I want the wisdom of God in my life. I don't want a pastor without God's wisdom. I don't want to lead my marriage and my family without God's wisdom. I don't want to make decisions. How foolish I would be to make a decision without first saying, Lord, may I have your wisdom in making uh, this decision. Wisdom has a house. It is out of the beating path. It is away from that. Now, I want you to understand, wisdom is different than uh, wickedness. Uh, there is the word folly or foolishness that talks about uh, wickedness and wickedness also has a house. Look at verse number 13. Wickedness is described by a prostitute and a house. The Bible says a foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing. For she sitteth at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city to call passengers who go right on their ways. Notice a house of wickedness is on the beating path. It's easy to find it on the radio. It's easy to find it on the television. It's easy to see it as you drive on your way to work. Now remember, wisdom's house is off the beating path and it sends its servants out like soul winners go out from the church and bus workers and Sunday school teachers go out from the church to invite folks to come to Sunday school. It's a place of wisdom. Come to church. It's a place of God's wisdom. Oh, wickedness is not like that. It's on the beating path. It's built in the way that everyone can see. May I say tonight, folly is convenient. Folly requires no change of life. Folly, foolishness, and wickedness 
calls for no challenges. Folly requires no character. Folly calls for no control of the flesh. Folly says just continue as you are in the pathway of least resistance. Oh, but hear me now. Wisdom is different. Wisdom requires doing rather than hearing. Wisdom will cost you. Folly is free. The Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. How sad some choose to take free advice that would lead them to destruction rather than paying for counsel that would lead them to success. Wisdom wants to help us, but wisdom is not going to get in our way and scream and yell, but that still small voice of the Holy Spirit says, it would be better for you to control your flesh. It would be better for you to exercise character in uh, your flesh. Wisdom requires attention. Folly just asks for our ignorance. Wisdom requires sacrifice. Folly says, I'll give you something free. Do you understand this is so obvious in the world that we're living in and the culture that we're living in today? Sin is advertising a free ride and yet wisdom is saying, you better check and see where that ride goes to. That may be the fastest ride in town. That may be the funnest ride in town. But you better check the destination before you get on that free ride. And wisdom may say, your ride with me may not be easy. And it may bring some challenges. And it may tell you no at times. Ah, but if you look at the destination, it will take you to the place of joy. Oh, listen to me tonight, young people. Don't let the devil have six months of your life. It doesn't take any time to bring a hurt and destruction of time that you can't take back. Seek the wisdom of God. Folly in this chapter is presented as a prostitute. A prostitute has no intention for commitment and requires no commitment back. The prostitute is all about how you feel right now and promises the fool a good time. Oh, give us wisdom like the wisdom of Moses where the Bible says in Hebrews eleven twenty five, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. How heartbreaking it is to see those that are addicted to such simple and destructive sin that robs him of God's joy and robs him of God's happiness and robs him of God's will and a fulfillment of purpose. I stand here tonight as a voice for wisdom, lifting my voice, pleading and begging and asking you, please don't live your life following folly, but pay for truth and seek for wisdom in your life. Two calls. There are two choices that are presented in this chapter. One choice is grounded in human understanding. One is grounded in heavenly 
understanding. Look at verse 4, if you will. Proverbs chapter uh, 9 and verse number 4. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread. Look at verse number 10. The Bible says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. Look at verse number 16. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. And as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, stolen waters are sweet. There are two choices for life. One is human understanding. The other is heavenly understanding. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 7. It is the same as presented by the Lord Jesus as we look at Matthew chapter 7 and go down to verse number 13 and 14. Well, I've got to move quickly. I'm running out of time. Does anybody have a watch whose battery has quit that I could borrow? Uh, Matthew 7 verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Isn't it ironic today? Those are on the broad road with the multiplied millions on it saying, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to be my own man. I'm going to do my own thing. Millions of them. Then you look over here at the, at the straight gate and the narrow way. And you don't hear this fellow talking about, I'll do my own thing. He says, I want to give my life to do the will of God. I'm not going to live for the moment. I'm going to live for God's will. And I want to live for my flesh and my feelings. I want to live for the satisfaction of the creator that gave me life to live and a home in heaven. He's the one that has a single identity. This crowd over here that's saying, I'll do what I want to do and nobody will tell me. They all look alike and there's millions and millions of them. And we look at the Bible and he tells us here, and I plead with you tonight, no matter your age, uh, enter ye in, the Bible says in verse number 13, at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Listen to these statements. Human understanding is the pathway of foolishness. It is man doing what he does by nature. Proverbs 16, 25, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Our current government is leading the nation in the pathway of human understanding. It's the way of foolishness. A family celebrated on the news. It was on the news. Four-year-old boy declared that he was a girl. So they had a party celebrating the fact he said he was a girl and they put a dress on him. Sadly, they don't put dresses on little girls at four years old. 
So they celebrated. Folks, that's human understanding. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. Heavenly understanding is a pathway of wisdom. I hear folks saying, well, preacher, you think you're the only one right. I'm not right at all. I'm not the standard of right. I don't, de I, I don't decide what's right. This old book is right. God is right. I'm not telling you tonight what I think. I'm telling you tonight as I see the human understanding and then I see the pathway of heavenly understanding. This is the man that sees beyond today. He goes beyond how he feels right now. Uh, he sees beyond where he is now. He sees where he wants to be in 10 years. In counseling with a young man this week, I asked him the question, where do you want to be in 10 years? He said, I hadn't thought about it. I said, let's think about it a minute. Where do you want to be in 10 years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? I said, do you want to be married? He said, yes. I said, you want to have a job that you can provide for your wife? You want to have children? He said, yes. I said, then you need to put your place, yourself in the place where you can find a wife in the will of God. You can't find a good wife running around in the world. They're not looking for a husband that is committed to marriage and family. They're looking for a good time. You better find somebody that's looking for the will of God. Where do you want to be in 10 years? You can't get on the pathway of human reasoning and get to the place of heavenly reasoning. It's the wrong road. It's the wrong way. The Bible tells us it's important to follow the heavenly understanding. I must go on. Let me give you the third thing. I want to get to the fourth. Number three. There are two contrasts in this book. There is a contrast between the wicked man and the wise man. Look at verse number seven. There is a contrast between the wicked man and the wise man. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. You want to be careful how you respond to instruction. You want to be careful how you respond to correction. Because it's our response that reveals whether we're the wise man or the wicked man. The wise man or the foolish man. The fool or the wicked man will not be taught. He is satisfied in what he is doing and how he feels and he will not listen to any reasoning or consideration. Cain was jealous of his brother Abel because he was angry that God did not receive his sacrifice. He worshiped God. The world would applaud him, applaud him and say, wow, he's a religious man. Look what he gave God. God says, but he didn't give what I asked him to give. He, give, he gave what he wanted to give, and I rejected that. Now, the world would go to the aid of Cain. Our culture today, MSNBC would be at Cain's house and all the other clown networks. 
that hate America and hate the principles America was founded on. And they're the pathway and the icons of foolishness in our world today. But Cain won't receive instruction. He will not hear the word of God. He is like the woke crowd. He's like the spoiled professional athlete that speaks where he has no business, talking about what he doesn't know, working to stir division rather than to promote truth. This man, the foolish man, will not hear his parents. He will not hear the godly teacher. He will not listen to his youth pastor or his pastor. Tragedy that should get his attention toward God only makes him angry at God. Challenges designed to cause him to consider his ways only make him angry at others. Anyone that does not agree with him is marked as an enemy. This is the way of Samson, the way of Absalom, the way of the prodigal son. This is the attitude of Naaman the leper when he was told to dip himself in the Jordan and he said, why there are better rivers than that Hey, friend, it's not the river that makes you clean. It's obedience to God that makes you clean. If you're so smart, what are you doing here anyway? If you're so smart, why do you have leprosy? Go heal yourself. Go get yourself taken care of. Why are you here? Well, I heard that the man of God could help me. Well, that's true, but we ought to have sense enough to do what God says to do. Hey, I want to say to us tonight, doesn't matter who we are, doesn't matter what our experiences are, we need to be every day in the Word of God seeking the wisdom of God and every day praying that God would give us wisdom. The wise man is willing to change his mind and behavior. A fool never does. Wise men think of what to say. A fool says all he thinks. The fool is working to change things around to fit him. A wise man changes himself to fit what is right. The wise man wants to learn, so he seeks to be confronted and corrected. He has a teachable spirit, and he realizes that he has, the wise man realizes that he has limitations and shortcomings. The wise man is always seeking to listen and to learn while the fool is always seeking a place to talk and influence others. Hey, teenager, let me have your attention just a minute. Uh, you need to listen to the wisdom of your mom and dad. It, it doesn't matter if you understand it or not. Just listen to the wisdom of your mom and dad. God in his wisdom gave children to parents and you need to make your own decisions when you leave and cleave. When you get married, make your own decisions. Up to that point, by the way, the, the world may say you can make your own decision at 18 and you can get drunk and do drugs at 21, but God doesn't say that. God doesn't say that. We, we ought to be wise enough to listen to our parents. I'll give you the last thing and I'm finished. There are two consequences. If you look at this passage, look at verse number 5. Come eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live. 
go in the way of understanding. Let's look at the other consequence. Look at verse number 18. But he knoweth not that the dead are there, and that her guests are in the depths of hell. I don't know about you, I'd rather go to a feast than a funeral. I'd rather enjoy life than have my life ended. Samson may be attractive and Absalom may be attractive in their looks and their behavior. Better watch listening to their counsel and advice. And by the way, there are Absaloms and there are Samsons everywhere. You don't need to listen to those that are out on the beating path. You better listen to that fellow over on the side that says wisdom is available right over here if you just come get it. Psalm chapter 1, the same consequences are found here. Let me close with this. The story of King Hezekiah is a story that sobers my thinking and behavior often. I love King Hezekiah. As a young man, he led in revival. And God blessed him in a mighty way. It was probably at the age of 38, 39, or 40, somewhere in there, he got word that he was going to die. And Hezekiah fell on his face and he begged God to extend his life. The prophet Isaiah had been to visit him and he told him, he said, set your house in order. Hezekiah, your sickness is unto death. Hezekiah, he began to plead with God. He began to beg God to give him more years and God gave him 15 more years. Isaiah was somewhere outside leaving the home or the location of Hezekiah when God told Isaiah, Isaiah, I've extended Hezekiah's life. Hezekiah's life, go back and tell him. He went back and he said, God's heard your prayer. Now here's what frightens me about Hezekiah. He had been successful because he pointed people to God. His prayer was answered that was a miraculous prayer and all of a sudden, Hezekiah thought he was somebody special. And he no longer needed to depend on God. He was so impressed with the king of Babylon. He brought the enemy king and showed him the treasure house of his weapons. What he should have done is take him to the house of God and say, let me tell you about my God. But rather he said, let me show you what I have. Are you listening to me? Here's why it sobers me. God's been mighty good to us in our church. The book of Acts is a history of the early church for 32 years, that's all. Everything that happened in the book of Acts was 32 years. God's been good to us these 30 years. I prayed through this building two weeks ago asking God the question, how many times will you bless? How many times can you bless? How many miracles can you give to one group of people? I believe the answer is, as long as we humbly seek God's wisdom. The most dangerous place in all the world to be is a place of accomplishment, a place of blessing. And we begin to look at our blessings thinking that we did that. 
We didn't. Our dependence on God did that. Now I want to say tonight, as I began speaking to young people, children, teens, and married couples, or those that are getting married, I conclude by saying to those of you who are at the place of retirement or you're at the place that you have succeeded in life, as much as our teens need the wisdom of God, we all need God's wisdom and we all need to humbly say before him tomorrow, Lord, please give me your wisdom today. Help me as I teach my class. Help me as I work. Help me even if I'm retired. Lord, help me to live a life. I still need you, Lord. I say tonight, wickedness is on the beating path. You'll see it everywhere. But just off the beating path, wisdom has built her house and says, if you'll come here, I'll give you what you need to enjoy a long life and the blessings of the Lord. Stand with me tonight. I believe with all of my heart since last Sunday night and Monday morning that it was the will of God for me to remind us we need God's wisdom. Heavenly Father, to the best of my ability, I've prayed through the week, I've studied through the week, I've read stories. There's so many more things in the sermon tonight, but I believe I've given the reminder and the truth and I've gone out as a servant of wisdom's house and said, don't forget, you need the wisdom of God. And all of the blessings that you've enjoyed, you can enjoy even more so long as we depend on God. Help us tonight from the youngest child of understanding to the oldest. Help us tonight to go away with a hunger and a thirst for your wisdom in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. As he sings the invitation.